0: Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a comedy podcast exploring stories from behind and beyond the bar. I'm your host. I'm Shauna, and I'm sitting by myself in my house still, and I don't, I don't know when I'm ever not going to sit in my house by myself any like at this point uh, Adele actually, she has recorded an episode with me, but she's getting her teeth pulled right now. <laughs> so she, she, I was like, well, maybe Adele, maybe you can like get on your computer after you get your teeth pulled. And then you could be like, bur, 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 and like trying to like make this happen. I'm like, it might be funny. Who knows? And she's like, okay, that sounds good. I'm like, I'm just joking. Adele, please take that. Like, just go home, go rest. Don't talk, eat some ice cream, you know, do the stuff you got to do with your teeth. Uh so uh everyone wish Adele luck with all the teeth stuff and uh I'll I'll try to carry this one myself. Um so let's see, we're in I don't know how many months pandemic here. I have actually got behind a bar again, which was real weird. Uh I gotta tell you, the first day the policy now is you gotta wear gloves, you gotta wear a uh what do you call that, an apron, you have to wear a mask, and then you also have to wear a face shield, a plastic face shield. So I'm going into this being like, I'm like Darth Vader now, like, I'm like, I will serve you drinks, (laughs) Luke. Like I don't even know what a Darth Vader sounds like, but and so I, I don't know, it's real weird. But I've I've done a couple shifts now, and I'm finding a rhythm, and I'm happy. I'm happy to be back behind the bar. I'm sure that I'm going to have a lot of good stories. But the first two days went pretty well. People have been so generous. I'm like, God, people must have missed us. (laughs) So, yep, uh, we're slowly getting back to it. Hopefully, we can keep this thing safe and like get full swing. Everyone back behind the bar, everyone making like great drinks, great tips, everyone gets to be happy again. So I think that's kind of where we're going. Let's not screw this up, people. But without further ado, I really do, I'm really excited to introduce our guests today. I, I think a lot of you, there's no introduction needed, but for the people that don't know, we have one of the coolest guys in L.A. on the show today. He, <laughs> he, uh, He's a super active member in the bar industry. And that's why I say a lot of people should know who this is. If you don't, then no, I'm just joking. Anyways, we have today the founder of the award-winning cocktail and spirits blog, Thirsty in L.A., and the co-founder of Art Beyond the Glass, Mr. Daniel James.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Yay! Thanks
1: I'm for so excited
0: me. that you're here in like in virtual land.
1: Yeah, exactly. Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. I um I've been, you know, I've always wanted to ch- chit-chat with you. I, at one point I thought we would be able to sit in the same room and do this, but like yeah. let's let's get this going because you've been like so busy um every Okay, let's let's before we really start getting into stuff, let's like kind of like break down to the audience and our listeners who you are and what you do, and like what art beyond the glass. When I say art beyond the glass, everyone's like, "Who? What's art beyond the glass?" For those who don't know, so yeah, let's figure this out. What's up with this, Daniel?
1: Sure. So Thrushkin LA is the blog that I started in May of two thousand nine. So we just celebrated its eleventh anniversary last month, which is great. It's crazy. Um, I launched it right when the LA cocktail scene was just starting to take off. So on either side of me launching the blog, the Varnish had opened that year just a month before and then a couple months before and then Copa de Oro uh, in Santa Monica, which is no longer around, sadly. But so the timing was great. And then eventually that sort of is how RP on the Glass happened. Um, One of my dear friends, uh, Zara Bates, uh, the co-founder of RP on the Glass, she was the bar manager at Providence Restaurant, the two Michelin-starred restaurant in uh, LA. And we actually met for drinks at this place called Sunny Spot in Venice. Uh, This was in November of 2011. And the conversation just turned to how so many of her peers had creative pursuits outside the bar, whether it was fine art, photography, DJing, music, acting, writing, you know, you know how it is. I mean, the LA community is so creative, right? Um, And it turns out by coincidence, our bartender, Brian Butler, studied graphic design at Otis. So it was almost like proof of concept, right? And then by the time we ended up at the tasting kitchen nearby, which is also Justin Pike, former bar manager there, fine artist, exhibited at Venice Art Festival. The idea was sort of uh, bounded about, like bandied about, about maybe doing a showcase. Like maybe we should do a showcase for all these talented bartender artists. And it sort of sat on the vine for a little while. And then right around January, all these bartenders started saying, hey, when are you guys doing that showcase? And Zara, you know, she's actually said this at the telethon the other, like last month, like she had to be, I dragged her kicking and screaming, which I don't think it was quite that hard, but she was not ready to host it and produce it. But I was (laughs) convinced that we had to do it. So she eventually relented. And then we did it in June of 2012. So that was the first art beyond the glass. And the whole idea is that everything at the festival is created by bartenders, whether it's the cocktails, the artwork you see, the photography, the bands on stage, the DJs, everybody, they're all bartenders, local bartenders. And it's always a, a fundraiser for a local arts charity. And over the last uh, eight years, we've raised over $210,000 for different charities in wow. not just LA, but Oakland, New York, Chicago, and Oklahoma City. So it's been incredible. I mean, we never thought it would grow into what it's become. I mean, we went from raising $6,000 that first year to last year, we raised forty. 40 grand for Beautify Earth. Um, Wow. It was like our biggest. I mean, this is, you can see how big it's grown. I mean, that's just bartenders. (laughs) Yeah. So in the Zoom background. So it's incredible, you know. And, you know, this year, obviously, we weren't able, in fact, it was supposed to be at the end of, it's always at the end of June in LA and it was going to be Sunday, the 28th, but we decided to do a virtual version instead. So, yeah.
0: So, you you know you're you're busy obviously you have all these different projects going Mm -hmm. and art beyond the glass it i mean it's a beast like for anyone who's never attended this is this takes place in a club what it's like three stories
1: two stories yeah technically yeah so like we've done it three years in a row at los globos uh in silver lake and yeah it's technically three three floors including a patio and it's a huge landmark nightclub like 10,000 square feet or something but we actually outgrew it like so this year we were going to move to uh Catch 1 which is like incredibly like twice as big. Um Whoa. You, you could put like two Los Globos inside Catch 1 but you know if you look, and if you look at the history of Catch 1 it used to be called Jules Catch 1 and it was this landmark of the first gay black disco in the country. Oh awesome. Jewel, yeah, Jewel Tice Williams this icon she was actually the grand marshal for uh, la pride a few years ago she you know broke down so many barriers she had so many obstacles to face to open that club if you watch the documentary on netflix it's incredible and we might actually maybe host a, a watch party or something i'm still trying to figure that out
0: that sounds fantastic
1: yeah you're
0: you are an idea guy and you make it happen i like how you're talking about how it's like let's just you know you like have to steamroll these ideas just to make happen and a lot of times people get a little nervous about like coming up with idea and then making you know putting it you know the wheels on it and driving it into action and i mean you're you're definitely a a a captain of that ship for sure i I have
1: to give a lot of credit for the telethon i mean the virtual telethon was like like Claire Ward, uh, who's the bar manager at Hippo, you know, she's our production manager and she absolutely took over and just steered it. She was the, she was the the captain for that, for sure. I mean, she organized the bar team. She, you know, reached out to brands and put together those cocktail kits, you know, set up the different pickup locations. And um, it was amazing. I mean, we also have to thank definitely like Elliot Montrero from um, Amaro Montenegro, who also, uh, as part of the hospitality life and they hosted us for that virtual telethon. So we were able to raise a lot of money for the uh, COVID-19 relief fund that so normally we raise money for an arts nonprofit, but we set up a, a relief fund. so we gave grants to uh, LA bartenders. And in fact we are we because of the telethon because of the donations, we were able to we were able to grant 100% of the applicants.
0: That's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I mean, full disclosure, I was one of those applicants, you know, when, when all this happened, the, we all basically lost our jobs within like a day. Everyone's like, oh my God. You know, and then there was not really any like, you know, reassurance of if we're going to be getting any money from anything. So, you know, Daniel and Claire putting together this telethon was uh, like a God save for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, this telethon, uh you d- you guys did not let a little world pandemic stop you did you <laughs> you know you you let you took this by the like bull by the horns and organized this thing and you were talking briefly about how claire uh, organized these cocktail kits and stuff but the, the how art beyond the glass does things it's not just like Oh, here's some cocktail kits, or let's go to Art Beyond the Glass at this club and just drink some cocktails and like have um, brands just represent cocktails. It's not like that. It, it's you walk in, or in this case, you you pick up your cocktail kits, and there's so much personalization to the people that are creating these things, and it's always themed, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so each team of bartenders, which I think there's usually what, 4 people to team or so?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um so each team of bartenders have to come up with a theme which is uh sponsored by a brand and they they got to like put their best foot forward and make this creative incredible like themed cocktail experience mm-hmm. for everyone attending. Yeah. And then, I'll tell you what, it's like, it's a trip you walk in, the, you know, when it's in real life, you walk in, everybody's in costume. Some some people have like a campfire going. Some yeah. people are wearing superhero uh, outfits there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's bands playing there's hula hoops. There, I mean, it's a production, <laughs> you know, Yeah. and then the virtual show as well. The telethon, it kept to the core of Art Beyond the Glass with yeah. this with theme cocktails. I end up getting the Bacardi pack. Okay. It had a little pop, it was like popcorn theme. It had popcorn and right. um, uh, can- theater candy and stuff. Yeah. And so we picked these things up and- uh, I think it was and- like,
1: Bar- like like Bacardi and Chill or something, right? Like sort of like-
0: Yeah, I can't remember exactly like the titled like name for it, but right. each team
1: of four people
0: came up with their concept of their pickup cocktails. Yeah. And then do you want to like, explain like how, what they were doing on this telethon?
1: <laughs> I mean, it, like you said, I mean, each each event, we never tell the bar teams or the sponsors like what they should do. They, we just totally leave it up to them as long as it's like within relatively tasteful bounds. You know, like, and with the telethon, especially because that's a much more public facing event, whereas the, the event is a control 21 and over thing, right? But mm-hmm. the same thing where we didn't really tell the bar teams anything, you know, they came up with their own themes. And you had everything from, like, the Golden Girls, like, these four guys in, you know, in drag. Uh, you had the My Time Mafia, you know. Um, <laughs> they were hilarious. Yeah. You know, Yeah, Captain... The Full Pl-
0: Monty? <laughs>
1: yeah, the Full Monty. Like, I was a little worried about that one. Um, I and, know.
0: There, there needs no explaining there, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: And then uh, the Captain Planet team. I mean, it was incredible, you know. Um, and... it it turned into like a 12-hour thing, you know? I mean, usually the the physical event is a four-hour Sunday afternoon thing. This was a 12-hour marathon, also on a Sunday. But, you know, we did some pre-recorded Zooms. We did like a lot of live stuff. We had, you know, a live performance from Louisville. Uh, You know, and actually that was the best part. We had a lot of alumni, if you will, like, you know, ARPA and the Glass extended family checking in and doing stuff with us, like Brent Falco from Louisville. Uh, we had Richard Belzer do like his violin from Chicago. Oh,
0: that was so had, cool.
1: Yeah. We had Rich and Mia Andrioli and Boston. Oh, the tap
0: dancing too.
1: Yeah. And they did, they did a virtual tap dance. With, they've, they've done that at the event, but then they did a virtual version of it with Brandon McCullough and Lee Howard and – just amazing, you know, and um, I got to like that, like Claire hosted this women's panel, which was incredible. You had uh, a, another panel, the OG panel with like Eric Tikoski and Michael Neff and Leandro from Coles, And I don't know, it was, you know, I mean, it was it was hard to see, you know, because I was on the production side, but the stuff I was able to tune in looked great. And the very, I tuned very in, in to
0: like the majority of it. I think yeah. I might have missed maybe the very beginning. But I was like, I, I thought in my head, I'm I'll, I'll like, you know, I'll, I'm going to tune in throughout the day. I'll have a cocktail and like do st- something and go to, you know, and I'll tune in here and throughout the day as this thing's happening. But I'll tell you what, I started like sipping on my little cocktail pack and I like sat out on my balcony and I just laid there and I watched like all of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I was
0: I was thoroughly entertained, like yeah. thoroughly entertained, and yeah. I could I was like cracking up about the everyone's little like skits they were doing. You that know, poor tonight. guy
1: on the My Time Mafia that had to eat the spicy meatballs. Like I was like, <laughs> oh my god, this guy's gonna hurl like on camera. The poor guy. Oh um, my god,
0: they were so funny. But, like yeah. they were so funny. You know,
1: like they were everybody was all in. I think like Ricky Yarnell was like you know knitting like a cap, you know, and that got donated too. Oh yeah, and that was the other thing. There was a silent auction that went on afterwards that uh, Claire Malay organized for us. So, it, you know, again, it's it's it happens every with every event. Everybody just chips in, you know, and because it's for a charity, you know, it's not like some for profit event. It's always for a local organization. And in this case, for it was like the bartenders taking care of each other. It was like helping the LA bartender community, you know. And Which, so,
0: there's so much of that just naturally just happens in our bartender community. So. Yeah. You know, if somebody gets in a car
1: accident, there's a fundraiser. You know, if somebody like needs like a a GoFundMe for surgery or something that people will chip in. So, you know, LA always takes care of itself as do other communities, you know, but um, I think that I'm just proud that like RP on the Glass started in LA. That's my hometown. You know, obviously it's the the community that I know the best and love the most. So it's like, you know, to see it grow year over year as it has, has just been amazing. And then people, we've had people from other cities come and visit, see it, and then take it back with them. You know oh,
0: what I cool! Mean? So, how many do you do? You know how many cities Art Beyond the Glass annually happens? The event happens. It annually? I, actually is
1: pretty fluid. I mean, L.A. is the flagship. We've done it every year. We've done it four times now, I believe, in Oklahoma City. That was actually the first national city. We did it once in Chicago. We the first time we did it in New York was in January 2019. I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back to all these cities, of course. And Oakland was our first Bay Area. Uh, event uh, a couple years ago. So all these cities, we have friends in all these, in all these uh, communities. So we'd love to go back to all of them. We're always eyeing new cities like like Louisville, uh, like Austin, you know, I mean, and they're all creative cities, you know, Miami, you know, I mean.
0: You're like, we see you, we see no, you. No, seriously, I mean, to be honest,
1: <laughs> I'd love to go to London. I'd love, I'd love to go to Hong Kong with it, you know, I mean.
0: Oh my gosh, you could go all over the world.
1: Yeah, you know, like, hmm.
0: <laughs> I was, I just interviewed um, a bartender chris who is in thailand and he was telling me Ooh. all about the the bartenders and the bar industry in thailand and i'm like well there you go go over there they're doing stuff too you know yeah, Every, yeah. everywhere this cocktail uh creative cocktail force is uh is strong you know all yeah. over the world
1: it's kind of a universal language right
0: oh yeah absolutely i i believe so i absolutely believe so um so okay, talk tales, We love stories. We just love them. We love telling them. We love hearing them. <laughs> so 2011. How many years has that been? So nah. th-
1: this would have been in the ninth. This would have been the ninth annual. I mean, it was a ninth annual. The ninth one just happened to be a virtual one. So yeah, we've done it nine. Next year will be the tenth anniversary. Oh uh, boy! Yeah, so it's gonna very- be a big one. Oh man, I hope so. Um. So yeah, the very first event was in June of 2012. Uh, by accident on Father's Day, we totally weren't even thinking when we scheduled it, but, uh, a lot of people showed up. I've
0: been there. I've done stuff like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, so we've, uh, we've like specifically avoided father's day ever since then. So it's always at the end of June in LA.
0: Okay. And so nine years, do you have, is there any stories that stick out in your mind about maybe an of incident that happened at one of the events or something that really like is memorable from the last nine years of throwing art beyond the glass?
1: You know, I will. I will say that it wasn't even the event yet. We were just planning it. But when Zara and I got together at my place to just to kind of map out what we were going to do, this was you know January maybe of 2012, and we'd never done it before. We'd each been involved in big events and whatnot, but never like doing our event like this would be our event. And nobody had done anything like Art Beyond the Glass, so it was new territory for everyone. And we kind of wrote down a wish list uh, as far as bartenders and sponsors. And at the top of the list for both sponsors, like as far as sponsors was Del McGay and Ron Cooper, because if you don't know his history, he already had a world-class art career before he founded Del McGay. You know, he's been exhibited in, you know, the Guggenheim, the Tate Modern, and, you know, all over the world. And and then he like, launched Del McGay after going down the trans-American highway. So he was at the top of the list and we were at my place just kind of mapping this stuff out and I happened to have a bottle of uh, Vita and we just did a Stigi Bayo with a couple of copitas and said, all right, let's get to work, right? And that was on a Saturday and I'll never forget this. On the the next day, on a Sunday, there was a media event uh, at Playa and this was back when Julian Cox was running the program there and it was a launch event for this event called Pacific Standard Time which was a Southern California museum initiative. Like dozens of Southern California museums were celebrating the art of Southern California. So the chef prepared three dishes and Julian prepared three cocktails paired to three pieces of art. And one of them was by Ron Cooper and it was called The Diving Bill, I believe. Cool. And so Yeah, so that cocktail was, and it was sponsored by Del McGay. So like the, the cocktail looked like it had like a, I think it was like a raspberry or something that looked like it was a diving bill dropping because it was a video piece. So it looks like it was dropping into it. Beautiful. And then Ron Cooper walks in. So ah. I'm like, uh, I better talk to him, you know. And I'd met him a few times. I met him at Maya Well in New York uh, during Manhattan Cocktail Classic and a couple times at Tails. But, you know, the guy meets everybody. Everybody knows who he is. And when he had a free moment, I kind of ran over to him and said, hey, Ron, I don't know if you remember me. Uh, and he's like, Daniel, how you doing? I go, oh, hey. that's good. That's a good start. So I gave him the elevator pitch, you know, and he's like, whatever you need, man. So I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Del McGay's on board, <laughs> and then I also confirmed with Julian right there. Like, so we already had two of our top, you know, sponsor and bartenders, like all in one fell swoop. And then I texted Zara, and she happened to be downtown at Bar Kitchen. She's like, "Get down here, we got to celebrate." So, you know, just it was amazing. It was perfect, and that just got the ball rolling. Once they heard Del McGay and Julian were involved, I'm like, okay, cool. So, why do you
0: think that happens? Like. I've I've had weird experiences like that, like like uh, serendipitous experiences like that with the podcast, you know, before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there going, how is this happening right now? You know, like, why why do you think that happens? Do you think it's something that you've ma- you manifested yourself?
1: I was just going to use that word. It definitely it just manifests. You have to put it out there, right? And then that, that energy somehow just gets out of the universe. And the next thing you know, it comes right back, you know, I mean, because if you just kind of crazy, you, know, if you just think about it, it's not really going to happen. You have to do it anyway, somehow. You know, I mean, I would have worked my way towards Ron, but it just happened to be the next day he shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you can't really ask for better than that. Um, That That's incredible. It's, like, so
0: meant to be. And when things, like, line up like that, you're like, there's no way I can't keep going. I have to keep doing it.
1: And the same thing happened with the venue. Like, something that we had thought about was like, man, you know, if we're going to raise money, we can't afford to pay out of pocket for a venue. Like, so we specifically said Sunday afternoon because most places aren't open. But we're still like man you know we still got to cover some kind of cost right but then it happened to be that our friend Gio martinez was bar managing this place called sadie in hollywood at the time and it just opened so they were looking to get some pr mm. and zara went in there and said hey i think this place would work because you you need a kind of a venue that has a little bit of everything you need not just bars or bars you need a stage or live music ability you need a, a space for gallery you need a, you know a dj system and not that many bars have all of that. And Sadie happened to have all of that indoor, outdoor space right in the middle of Hollywood. So he's like, we had a meeting with them, the team. And, you know, they said, well, donate the space. And they actually donated food, too.
0: Oh, my god! So, you know,
1: it was like everything that we asked for, it just happened. I don't know. Just you know, like fell, I mean? in,
0: fell into place.
1: Exactly. Okay. So. All
0: right. I feel like this is a question that probably a lot of people want to know about you. Where is this passion coming from? What made you fall in love with the bar industry in Los Angeles? Why do you care so much about us?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you spend a lot of time with people, (laughs) you kind of, I mean, I'm older than everyone. So I also feel like this kind of like, I don't know, fatherly, big brotherly kind of papa. yeah. You know, uncle, I don't know, crazy drunk uncle in the basement kind of vibe. I don't know. But um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's like it, I've, I've been involved with it for so long now. I just I feel like I just want to keep see it to keep growing. And, and, you know, there's always new bartenders coming into the city or coming up in the industry, you know, and As much as I love to visit other cities, you know, I, you know, I know the the people here in LA so well, you know, and again, it's because of RP on the Glass specifically, Mm -hmm. because they, you know, when they volunteer their time, you know, like their day off, you know, Um, and not just that day off, it's also like all the R&D and the the different meetings to get their teams going. Um, And they're also still running their bars and doing their work too, you know, so as you know, so um, if they're going to give that kind of time, then I'm going to give my time too. You know,
0: yeah, uh, it's just a super mutual respect thing. Then I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: it's cool. It's very, very cool. But did you, um, did you have a before you started thirsty? Were you in the bar industry?
1: Nope, uh, I was doing consulting work though for the hospitality industry. I was writing business plans, and in fact, we wrote our, my partners and I wrote a business plan for Moose and Franks back in like two thousand and four when oh, they wow. weren't, yeah, they weren't doing so well as they are now. Um, and in fact, I went to the, uh, the centennial dinner last September and our client, I hadn't seen him. His name was Jordan Jones. He was like the great, great, great grandson of one of the former owners. Um, I hadn't seen him since we had submitted the plan because there was three families that owned Musos at the time and his family was behind us and wanted to submit the plan so that they could buy out the other two families. And I'll never forget the meeting. It was like the godfather, like the meeting of the three families, you know, with the Roosevelt's and you know, like these really kind of older spinster kind of Hollywood types came in. And I was like, wow. I like that. Yeah, it was really, it was really <laughs> cool. You know, we were like all suited up and, um, and we had, a, we wrote a hell of a plan. You know, we were, this was, again, this was in 2004. So we we're saying like.
0: For those who they, don't know Muson Franks.
1: Yeah. So it's, if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's the opening scene. That's the restaurant. The legendary uh, Hollywood hangout. I mean, every golden age Hollywood star has been there, but it's also. Keith Richard's favorite bar in LA, you know, and the waiter, I classic. mean, yeah, the server, they're famous for their martinis. The servers have served everyone under the sun. Um, and that, you know, they, they have this massive kitchen. If you ever go back there, it's like a hotel sized kitchen. And part of our plan was, you know what, you don't need this whole giant kitchen you can, and they, cause they own the building. So in the plan we had said, you know, you can actually convert this into like a speakeasy, you know, and like they're we're like with because the, they own the parking lot too, so they can actually have a separate entrance from Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually looking at like my friend Paul, my uh, business partner at the time, sent me a copy because I lost the original copy of our plan. So he had a digital copy of it, and I was like, "Wow!" We, not to pat myself on the back too much, but we actually, we had some pretty good stuff in there. Um, they didn't even have music back then, and now they pipe in jazz. So that wow. was one of our things. We're like, "Hey, you should have jazz!" Like you know. <laughs> Come on. Like Dashiell Hammett used to hang out there. You might as well have some film noir style jazz.
0: Yeah. You got to set the stage. Set the mood. Bukowski
1: hung out there. Charlie Chaplin's favorite table is the first table on the left. Second table on the left, rather. I mean, if you ever come to LA, everybody, you got to come to Musso. There's nothing else like it in LA. And what's been interesting is that they haven't really, um, they've been very quiet during this whole pandemic. A lot of places have done the whole takeout and delivery thing, but they've said, no, we're good. We're going to come back slowly. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do because other kind of older places like Lauri's and Formosa have come back, you know, mm-hmm. in their own way. So and they're back open? I think Lauri's is like limited service and Formosa's limited service. Um, but Formosa has a lot of space to work with, I think. And they have mm-hmm. that huge outdoor patio on the roof. And uh, they just did that
0: huge uh, renovation. Exactly. You're back or whatever. You know?
1: So they could clear out a lot of those tables in that second room in the back and those booths sort of already encourage distancing. Same with Lares. They have those kind of, you know, Louis XIV-looking, you know, booths. And mm-hmm. they could just take out some of those tables. But um, for Musos, it's a little trickier because that bar, the way it's set up, it's so packed. Like, there's that wall. I mean, I don't know if that wall is removable. But you, there's you, inevitably, you brush up against people when you're squeezing by at the bar. So. Right. I yeah. So maybe they – I don't know. If they were in the parking lot, maybe they could set up something in the parking lot, which would be <laughs> not the same.
0: Could you imagine?
1: I mean that sign's iconic. I mean, it's they, they, there's a long scene with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio when they're talking. They're talking under the uh, oh yeah the sign, right? So
0: yeah, I remember that. I yeah. like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so so that introduction was kind of like geared you into like going full cocktail blog, and it really ignited the passion for you.
1: It wasn't just that. I mean, uh, you know, so I was doing R&D, like part of my job was to go to bars and restaurant bars and whatnot. I mean, I do enjoy a drink, but yeah. um, I will say that someone that really helped sort of plant the seed was uh, Joel Black at Comsa. This was probably back in 2006 when I was still doing consulting and, or maybe 2007 and, you no, know, probably 2006. And uh, a server at Komsa, um, wanted to market these venues. He knew all these owners of these incredible venues like the Houdini house and up in Laurel Canyon, but he didn't know how to market them. So he wanted my help to kind of write a business plan. So he's like, Hey, meet me at Komsa. And this was back when Julian Cox was there too. Actually, that's the first time I met Julian was at Komsa. And, um, Sergio was like, "All right, just get a drink, and then I'll I'll clock out, and we could we could talk." So I sat down in front of Joel, and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm like, "What the hell's a Pegu Club?" And you know, he's like, he explained the whole story. Oh, it's this officers' club in India, and that's the house drink, and da da da. I'm like, "Wait, there's stories behind drinks? That's amazing!" You know, I had no idea. Whoa, yeah. Um, you mean the martini wasn't invented in 1980? Um,
0: and uh, <laughs> it doesn't. And, it's not green. It's not fluorescent green. Yeah,
1: right. It doesn't come in a tub. Yeah. And uh, and he he said, if you don't like it, you know, I'll make you something else. Of course, it was delicious. And that sort of planted the seed as well. But, you know, I mean, blogs were becoming a thing or they were a thing already, at least in the cocktail world. So, you know, locals like Caroline on Crack and Rum Dude and Chuck Taggart from um, Gumbo.org, uh, you know, they're all friends and they all were writing blogs already and Liquid Muse, I mean. So there was already that audience, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll tip my toes in and see what happens." And like I said, yeah, so that's again, that's right when the LA scene was really starting to take off. So the timing was good, and I just
0: really good timing.
1: Yeah, I never looked back. I guess
0: it's just blossomed
1: (laughs) completely. Yeah, much like the (laughs) LA scene itself.
0: (laughs) Totally right. Yeah, the whole cocktail like revolution. You know, it's just it's just so fun to watch. I teach these cocktail classes, and I always like to teach Mm. kind of like a brief history of like why we're making cocktails the way we are now these days. And, um, and now I've added in on my virtual classes, like how this pandemic is, is probably going to be changing cocktails as well. And so we're right. going to, it's going to be really interesting in the next, you know, handful of years to see like really how everything develops as far as the bars and what, Influence is going to happen with the bartenders, too. Right. And, and I mean, they're creative.
1: So you said you've, you guys have been open now or reopened? And I mean... Yeah,
0: we opened this past weekend for the first time. How was that? I like didn't know what to think at first I was like I was kind of like cringing like you know and I have like all this like protective gear on and I'm like and (laughs) I'm like move move out of my way but the funniest thing about it is with all the protective gear on your face no one can hear you (laughs)
1: Oh my god! So like, all the music have to, like, going on too, right?
0: Yeah, there's music, and if somebody's wearing their mask, I rely a lot on reading lips when there's mm-hmm. loud music, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, okay, that's vodka. I want a vodka soda or something, you know, or yeah. I, I, I want a old fashioned. I'm like, okay, I can, I can figure those things out, but if I can't see people's mouths, it makes it difficult. Uh, and so, yeah, it's basically like. I don't know. I was, I was joking around with my coworker. I'm like, hey, if we get a really nasty customer, if I have my face mask and my face shield on, do you think they can hear me if I say, fuck you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for, for bartenders, like you said, it's, it's such a visual uh, occupation where you have to, you know, in order to recognize your regulars, you have to recognize them. Like if oh I come gosh, into so a bar for the day. first time, it's like, <laughs> if I show up with a Bruce Lee mask and the next time I'm wearing like a Prince mask, like who's the hell's going to recognize me? It's no. Like, yeah, exactly. Wait, no, I had, a few,
0: <laughs> I had a few regulars come in where I didn't recognize them at first. And like people I know really well too, I'm like, they were like, it's me. I'm like, oh, hey.
1: <laughs> and when, like you said, if it's really loud, if the music loud or there just happens to be a lot of people, like obviously socially distanced, but- You know, you can't read their lips. Like, it's going to be a lot of pointing at menus, kind of thing. Like,
0: yeah, I've been doing a lot of. uh, Well, we have QR code menus, so you don't have to transfer, of course, menus at all by hand. And I've been doing a lot of hand gestures, like Mm -hmm. thumbs up or like the (laughs) A OK. You know, like you guys okay? Yeah, (laughs) like I can't hear you.
1: (laughs) Oh man.
0: Everyone's been really, really, really nice. I think That's everyone's good. just been wanting to, you know, come out and and they're supporting us again. So, which is, I mean, I'm so grateful and so thankful for everyone, you know, yeah. including you, Daniel, Aww, including thank you. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I haven't gone out to any bars yet, but um, I do look forward to that. And I, you know, I am totally down with whatever the, the guidelines are. I get it, you know, mm-hmm. and. I mean it's the new normal, right? I mean that's this, you know, I hope like it's not reopening too soon and I hope that people really are paying attention to the guidelines because otherwise we're going to be right back where we started.
0: And no one wants to start over.
1: Nobody wants to start over, but you know, that's what worries me is that people because they had some report over the weekend that, you know, they surveyed like 2000 restaurants, like they sort of did a secret shopper and like 1000 of them were not <laughs> following guidelines. So you're like, "Uh."
0: You're like, oh. "Well, on the restaurants' behalf, a lot of this information has been really poorly, like, communicated. Heard. It's been very poorly com- totally communicated heard. to everyone. Yeah. I swear, even amongst the people in, in our bar, which we have a staff of, like, four. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone, else, everyone has a different idea. We're like, no, I heard this. No, I heard this. You know, the communication yeah. is yeah. not great about this entire pandemic. And I feel like we could all agree on
1: that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for restaurants, too, it's... For bigger spaces, I mean, you guys, what's your capacity normally? What what would it be? Like Where,
0: uh, Yeah, probably like 80. So. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have the like back
0: room, which helps us out a little bit.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And you have the front little patio, which was cool. Yeah.
0: And we're uh, going to get the little patio permit, too. So, we're going to put some outdoor stuff.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, for bigger spaces, I can't imagine. Am- I mean, I would assume that they would be able to take out tables and whatnot and there's a- that allows for more spacing, but... Yeah, that's but the big
0: spaces they need that they need that volume, you know.
1: Exactly, right? They so, have those big le- the big space has the big lease. <laughs> exactly. So that's I mean, how does that even work? You know, like maybe that's why well, Musso has been so quiet. You know, like Black Cat
0: too. Black Cat has been quiet too. I'm wondering oh. what's going on there. And I, I mean, hopefully the landlords will have a little bit of understanding too. You know, the landlord mm-hmm. doesn't want to. I mean, I guess they could be like, oh, you could bring a Chili's in here or something, but
1: oh god you know
0: hopefully the landlords understand that cool bars are good for them
1: yeah i mean especially a landmark like black cat for for goodness sake i mean yeah and muso and
0: yeah Yeah. Coles is back open so that's good
1: yeah and the varnish is open too but you have to order food which is okay from Coles, yeah (laughs) i can deal (laughs) with that you know i could deal with that you
0: already smell like a french fry once you're in there so (laughs) might as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the varnish is a very intimate spot. That's, like, the kind of thing, like, I'm like, hmm. As much as I love the varnish, it's like, you know, I'm kind of thinking more. Yeah, that's small. I'm kind of thinking more like Dama or also Blue Outdoor Patio or Big Bar. Oh, Big Bar. Yeah, now we're talking. Huge patio out in front.
0: It's patio season anyways.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want.
0: (laughs) Daniel, what's the future of Art Beyond the Glass?
1: You know, I think we actually kind of touched on it was – just get, go into more cities, you know, keep it growing. I think that the template is there. You know, we figured it out, hopefully, uh, after almost 10 years. And we've had people reach out to us, you know. Um, in fact, uh, Brent Falco put us in touch with people in Nashville. And I, I would love to go to Nashville. I've never been.
0: That would be fun. If you need yeah. help, I'll come to Nashville and uh, help. There
1: you go. That's, I mean, that's the other thing we love to do is bring people from other cities to get the energy of that new city. You know what I mean? And... I mean, I'd never been to Oklahoma City before we went there for Rocky in the glass. And that was 100% because Josh Cockle from Winship's Bitters was in L.A. And I met him at Barkeeper because he was tasting Joe Keeper on his bitters. And I overheard Joe said, these are fantastic. I'll take them all. I'm like, oh, who? He's like,
0: whoa, Joe approved.
1: Yeah, if they're Joe approved, that means they're good bitters, right? And I ended up taking him to several different L.A. bars and – during the course of the night and like, he's like, well, what else do you do? And I mentioned, i on the glass. This was the year of our, of our fifth anniversary. So he's like, I'm going to bring it to Oklahoma city. I'm like, yeah, right. You're drunk. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> the next thing, you know, like a week later, he got back and he said, all right, I got the venue donated and the USBG chapter is already all in. So we're all set for, uh, July. I'm like, okay. I guess we're going to Oklahoma city. <laughs> and it, they, the community there could not be more welcoming, more awesome. I mean, The downtown... Did you see
0: anyone walking with spurs?
1: No. no, What?
0: (laughs) The only time I've ever been to Oklahoma City, I was driving through, driving back to California. And I kid you not, I stayed at this hotel. There's just like dudes walking around in spurs.
1: There you go. Um, I was
0: like, what? This is real?
1: No, no spurs. But I will say the downtown was like being... uh, It's sort of in the same way the arts district here in downtown L.A., was being renovated. It looked like Dwell Magazine had redesigned downtown Oklahoma City. It was amazing. That's cool. And our friends, Brian Butler, that I mentioned earlier, Brian and Bailey, uh, they just opened a bar called Palo Santo. Um, so another good excuse to go to Oklahoma City for us. But, you know, they could not have been more welcoming and, and more uh, of a young and exciting community of bartenders. You know what I mean? And then two of them, actually, uh, Chris and Colby from uh, A Clockwork Poor, They happened to be in New York when we did the New York Art Beyond the Glass. So they guest bartended there. And then they came out to L.A. last year. So and in fact, the first time they ever went to Musso and Frank's, I took them there. And Sonny Donato, who was in Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was reciting poetry for us.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: We really wanted him to actually participate in R.P. on the glass, but he declined. (laughs) Damn! I know. He said he's working, which is true. He works on Sundays, but
0: well, he missed an opportunity. He's the man. (laughs) Dan, you want to play a game? Sure. Okay. The game we're going to play today is called Rapid Guess Questions Number Two.
1: Uh oh. Okay. (laughs)
0: So how this game works is I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and then you're going to answer them as quickly as you possibly can. There's no right or wrong answers.
1: (laughs) Okay. Just disturbing ones, maybe. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you never know. You never know what will happen, you know. Okay, here we go. Rapid guess questions number two. Verbally build a Bloody Mary your way.
1: Ooh. uh, Mezcal, tomato juice, horseradish, like... Lots and lots of horseradish um uh, garnish with uh some uh, mezcal salt jump with, uh, dump a celery stick and all, uh, all olive in it
0: boom, <laughs> how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop
1: uh a lot
0: name three Amaros
1: ooh um let's go with uh uh chicharo uh Minetti Miletti, rather and um do we go with Campari and, and Amaro?
0: I think so.
1: Because I'm it, sipping is a Boulevardier. Right? Or is it an Apertito? Apertivo. Is it an Apertivo?
0: I think it's an Apertivo.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Maybe not. No, because it's so bitter. I don't know. We'll go with it. Campari. Somebody somebody can write in about yeah, this later.
1: I'm just going to complain. I'm sipping a, <laughs> a Boulevardier as I speak. So I'm like, hmm.
0: Ooh, yeah. I, awesome. I love that drink. Name three amigos
1: uh, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short
0: nice no stutter there
1: <laughs> yeah i'm like oh great i don't know any amari but i do know the figure
0: <laughs> as you should it's such a great movie um okay a customer is sleeping at the bar what do you do
1: hmm uh i guess if it's closing we got to wake them up and get them out of their way <laughs> <laughs> accidentally the spill cold. a little bit of uh, accidentally spill some water on them wake them up
0: <laughs> splash them <with> water. <laughs> I like that. A customer asks you for a gin cocktail, but made with vodka, and you accidentally still make it with gin. What do you do?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I'm sure that's happened. I would say, tell me what you think. And if they like we, it.
0: We all just give them to him for, with gin.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's. I'd be like, what do you think? You like it? All right, good. Yeah, good.
0: Be like, oh, it's actually what, what, gin. Sorry. What,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's this vodka called Plymouth. Sorry. Have you done that? Has that ever happened?
0: So, every, to all of us, I swear to God, it's a normal thing. Because you get these cocktails stuck in your head that they're gin cocktails. So when yeah. somebody says make it with vodka, you're like, yeah, no problem. Or like, you know, or some people will be like, oh, judgy or whatever. But I'm like, ah, yeah, no problem. It's also making it, and then I'll I'll like be finished with a cocktail in the glass. I'm like, oh my god, I made it with gin. <laughs> <laughs> I just give it to him and be like, Ooh. I to check it like a minute later. How's a drink? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a tough one, man. That's why I'm not a bartender. I'd be like, uh. You're like,
0: oh, I know. It's kind of, it's very awkward, but it's never, it's never been the worst.
1: I mean, no one's like thrown it in
0: my face back. Like, what is this?
1: <laughs> Spit it oh out. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. If you had to do one thing for eternity over and over and over again and nothing else, what would it be? Drawing. Good answer.
1: I don't good do it en- answer. I don't do it enough. So sketching, drawing, you know.
0: All right, scat man. Scooby-Doo, bop 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 bop. Verbally scat how you would shake a cocktail.
1: Oh my god! Cling <laughs> to the <laughs> cling, 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 cling. Shake and shake and shake, shake, shake. Pour the pour, pour, pour. Sip to the sip, sip, sip.
0: Boopity boop boop boop, love it. Okay, you're, you're you're going on a trip. You're on an airplane, and the airplane has the worst cocktails ever. What cocktail would you make on this airplane? Make? Yeah.
1: What would I make on this airplane? Uh, you know, I guess if I could, a Bloody Mary. Just like I'm assuming they have vodka or gin. Yep. So I'll do Probably a red some Sna- tomato juice. Yeah, do a red snapper, a lot of Tabasco, and. Or whatever hot sauce they have and tomato juice. Yeah.
0: I think that sounds delicious. A movie is being made about your life as a bar industry professional. Who would you cast as yourself?
1: Uh, obviously Tatsu Oye. Uh, and that's an inside joke because uh, do we have time for this? Because there's a little bit of a story.
0: Let's hear it. We love stories.
1: So, uh, several years ago, uh, our friend Tatsu Oya, who's taken a lot of, he, he took a lot of uh, photos back in the day of the, the LA bar scene. And on Facebook, he posted something like, I guess he was at uh, the low Santa Monica Hotel, and a lady came up and grabbed him from behind. And then he like, turned around like, what the hell? And she, and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my friend Daniel. And she walked away. <laughs> and as she's walking away, he's like, Daniel Daniel Jang? And she's like, "Yes, do you know him? Uh, do you guys look alike." Not at all, you know, not in not in the non stereotypical way, I guess, because we're both Asian. But um, and it was it was my friend Aggie, and she was actually to tie this all together. She was actually the one that introduced me to Sergio, which got me to Sa. But um, Tatsu, if he'd never posted this on Facebook, nobody would have known. But because he posted this on Facebook, it's become a <laughs> running joke. Ever since <laughs> in the LA Bar community to tag every we'll tag each other. I'll tag oh Eugene my gosh, Lee. Going. Yeah, I'll tag Daniel Oon, I'll tag Eugene Lee, I'll tag Tatsu Oye. So cast any of the Asian guys as me. So Daniel Dan, Daniel <laughs> way better looking than me. He's got the same name, so there you go.
0: All right. That's fair. That's fair. If you could bathe in a barrel of bourbon, a barrel of rum, or a barrel of wine, what would you choose to bathe in? <laughs> no one said these questions are going to be good.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, wow, that's such an odd question. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like rum would be good for just like this whole tropical situation. That's, like that's you know, fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Probably get some nice skin like treatment yeah, of sorts. I feel like
1: okay, you know, I, I feel like that that makes more sense. Yeah. All right, let's go with that.
0: All right, Ram. it is. And finally, Absolute just came out with a new wacky flavor of vodka. What's the name of it?
1: <laughs> uh, man, what have they not come out with, I think, is the question. Um, <clears throat> uh, have they done a bacon one? I'll do bacon.
0: Ooh, bacon. Because I really,
1: like, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, bacon. All, you make all kinds of stuff with bacon. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolute bacon in your face.
1: I'm sure they've done it, but yeah, I'll go with that.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yay, Daniel. Rapid guest questions number two. Well done. Well done. I give you you a A plus, plus, plus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so thank you so much, Daniel. As as we're kind of winding this episode down, it's time for plugs. Like, how do people – like, okay, let's say somebody heard this in – switzerland and they want to do an, an rpi in the glass how does somebody get a hold of you how how do, how can you coordinate with people or just for more information for that people can follow you guys
1: well rpi on the glass uh we have our website rpontheglass.com. and on instagram we are at a b t g h q and you can find me at thirsty in LA. so those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us um and we are still accepting donations and applications actually for the COVID-19 relief fund because it's still happening. Like people are kind yeah. of forgetting about that. So um for bartenders, uh LA bartenders, you can still apply. And for anyone that has the the means and the resources, you can still donate to the fund and support LA bartenders.
0: Amazing. It, it seriously was such a huge help. Um oh, getting glad. through those first like few months was well, pretty rocky for a lot of us. So yeah. anyone, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, band together and put this thing together for all of us is, I mean, we'll, we'll always have you in our hearts for this, you know? Uh, you know. So it was so, so, the so, so, so special. So special. Is there any dates of anything coming up that you want to plug?
1: Um, Nothing specific. I mean, like I said, I was thinking maybe because our original date for R B on the Glass was going to be June 28th, we might do something for that Sunday, like a watch party of some kind. Nothing big like the telethon, but um, since uh, Jules' catch one, the documentary is on Netflix. That might be a good opportunity just to have everyone gather around the virtual hearth. And uh, I'll be it. there. Yeah, yeah, just, that sounds like know. a blast. Yeah. So keep so your uh, eyes and ears. And, exactly. You know, and maybe we could maybe do a Zoom cocktail hour before that, and then everybody can check into Netflix and watch it together. So that awesome. might be an easy peasy way to do it.
0: Cool, cool. Thank you, Daniel. And um, yeah, as we're wrapping this show up, guys, listeners, friends, pals, if you have an amazing story and you want us to tell it or be a guest on Talk Tales, go to our website, TalkTalesThePodcast.com. And on our homepage, you can submit your stories or email us directly at TalkTalesThePodcast at com. If you like our show, you can always do us a solid subscribe and leave us a review This is a DIY project and all the love we get helps us grow. And if that love comes in the form of a charitable donation, you can share that love on our Patreon page, which you can find the link on our website, talktalesthepodcast.com as well as patreon.com backslash talktalesthepodcast. I also want to thank our good friend Josh for composing our theme song. And thanks to my brother-in-law, Grayson, for creating our amazing logo. And like always, guys, we promote responsible drinking, Absolutely no drinking and driving. Uh this podcast, you know, you, you gotta be safe. You gotta support your friends. Don't let them drink and drive. You take their keys if they're drunk. Nobody drink and drive. Be smart. Don't be stupid. Um yeah. So and Daniel, Daniel, thank you s- Thank you. Thank you so much f- f- uh, for coming on Talk Tales, sharing your stories, sharing what you guys do at Art Beyond the Glass and Thirsty in LA. And I can't wait to see the future of Art Beyond the Glass and anything that you and your amazing team do. Uh, it's all going to be incredible.
1: Thank you it's, so much. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. Seriously, appreciate it.
0: Anytime. All right, let's go out of this thing with a cheer, shall we? Sounds good. Cheers. Clink clink, 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 clink,
1: clink. <laughs> Cocktail. Cocktail.
0: Cocktail. Cocktail.